Sunday, August 14th, starter sit for Fantasy Week 20. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today for CBSSports.com. Adam Azer, Scott White, Al Melchior. The Podcast League battle ends tonight between these two, and it looks like Scott is going to just squeak by. Al, how do you feel about that? Not good. Not good, especially since um, I put J.J. Hardy on the bench and he scored something like 35 points this week. And instead put Neil Walker in his place who scored about two points. I'm still not comfortable with this lead, by the way. All right, we got Kuroda. He looks like he's got the wind sealed up at 7-0 Dodgers. That'll put me ahead by 9.5. But you get a Josh Hamilton homer in there. Uh, I mean, it's... All right. uh, I'm scared still. Okay. I'm, I'm scared and this is a this huge is, week. This is this a yeah, huge week. If, if I don't win this week, I'm done. Al's at a game in front of me for the final playoff spot. There's two weeks after this, but I move, if I move two games back, I mean. Not looking yeah, good. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and if I win, I can breathe a little easier, whereas it looks like I'm going to lose, and now I have to, you know, I think I pretty much have to win out here. So coming up on today's show, Logan Morrison sent down, Tommy Hansen to the DL, Jose Tabata coming back, Brandon Belt homers twice, and of course, who to start, who to sit, Scott's hitting planner, Al's pitching planner. Plenty of injury news to update you on as we help you set your lineup for week 20. You can send us an email for our podcast. Put podcasts in the subject line. Send it to D as in Don, M as in Mattingly, Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. DM Fantasy Baseball. And at CBS Fantasy BB on Twitter, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy on Facebook. So here we go. Oh, you know what? One more thing. Uh, Al and I were both at the Marlins game Friday night. We didn't even know it. Could have hung out. It was so hey, uh, boring. Of, of all the stadiums to know <laughs> that, that <laughs> you weren't there together. I mean, you, you should have seen each other from across the Well, he the was field. in the upper deck. Right. You, you were the 100 dog. level. So, right, because it was the dog night there, Bark at the Park. But if we had been on the same level, it would have been impossible for us not to know that's probably, we were there. That's probably true. It was not well attended. No, it was not. <laughs> uh, so Scott's hitting planner looks like this. First of all, every team plays six or seven games this week. Looked like the Rays were going to have a five-game week, but they have a doubleheader. The best matchups belong to the A's, Yankees, Marlins, Red Sox, and Padres. A's, Yankees, Marlins, Red Sox, Padres. What does that mean for some fringe guys, Scott? Well, you notice you had the A's there at the top. There, there's four players I'm really looking at with them. Josh Willingham, Coco Crisp, who just came back from a calf injury. Uh, Jamile Weeks, who we'll get into later. Yes, we will. And Kurt Suzuki. Uh, I, I think all of them are, are worthwhile mixed league options this week. So the five worst matchups, Diamondbacks, Nationals, Rays, Mets, White Sox. Diamondbacks, Nationals, Rays, Mets, White Sox. Yeah, there's a bunch of players there. Um, the Diamondbacks we, you talked about, as, as you mentioned, was the worst one. Kelly Johnson, who's always on the fence. Back on the wrong side of the fence this week. Uh, Ryan Roberts, who's been hot recently, I'd put him there too. Uh, Chris Young, who really has just been a disaster since the All-Star break with those tough matchups against... Let's, we'll tease that. We'll tease that because okay, he's we'll coming up when we it, talk about It's coming up. You know, Kelly Johnson. Forget about week by week. Now. I mean, how can you have any confidence in Kelly Johnson as your team heads towards the playoffs? Well, that, that's a good point, too. If, if he was in the middle of one of his Kelly Johnson hot streaks, yeah. then it would be a different story. You're like, how could I not start this guy? Right. That, but that's, that's the thing with him all year long, all career long, really. Okay. Uh, he's, he's just completely one side or the other. So let's look at catchers. Start out with Yorvit Torrealba. Start or sit? I'm going to go with sit, even though he's been hot recently. He's on an 11-game hitting streak. But 
The Rangers are on the road this week, which is bad news for all their hitters. And plus, Tori Alba, I mean, just not going to provide any power. Uh, so the hit streak doesn't mean much to me. Al, J.P. Aaron Sibia or Jorvit Tori Alba? Aaron Sibia because he does have that power that Tori Alba lacks. Well, and what do you guys think about Kurt Suzuki? Suzuki, I mentioned before, he, he's somebody who looks like he could benefit from those good matchups, which, by the way, Orioles pitching staff and Blue Jays pitching staff uh, Blue Jays staff pretty redone there uh, after Ricky Romero uh, in a seven-game week. So, plus they're at home. Suzuki's always been a better hitter at Oakland Coliseum for whatever reason. And he's been off to a pretty good start here in August, so I like him. Al, what do you think about Nick Hundley? Back off the DL, he doubled and homered in his return on Friday. Yeah, well, I had big hopes for him earlier in the year, and of course it's been sidetracked by injury. Um, but I hoped that we would see more power from him than we have seen when he's actually played. So, it's a, it's a nice return for Hunley, but uh, at this point, I just really can't trust him compared to pretty much any of the other catchers that we've talked about. Okay, so you'd put Tori Alba ahead of I would, Hunley? Yeah. So how about we look at first base? Justin Morneau also off the DL. You guys feel good throwing Morneau in your lineup for Week 20? I don't. I, I would have liked to see a little more from him over the weekend. Uh, hit pretty well in the minors. The reason to think maybe he could have a strong finish to the season after he was just nothing before uh, before he needed the, the next surgery. So uh, somebody to watch but not start yet. Eric Hosmer could have a big week, Scott. Yeah, he could. And uh, it's something I just caught on to recently, the splits with him. Not only is it a lefty-righty thing, which you'd expect for a young left-handed batter, 296 against righties, 223 against lefties, but home and away, 312 at home, 240 away. The Royals at home for seven games, and uh, five of the seven pitchers they face are right-handers. So Hosmer has been kind of cold recently, but I think he's going to bounce back in a big way this week. Yeah, and those types of splits for the listeners and the viewers are the types of things that you should kind of make a mental note of. We might not mention Eric Hosmer every week, but he's better at home uh, than he is on the road. So whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing right now if you own Eric Hosmer and write that down in, in big letters and post it like at work or wherever you're going to see it. Uh, Mike Carp smokes on the DL, Al. How do you like Mike Carp? Well, I like him a lot better now. In fact, uh, I think the last podcast or maybe the one before we talked about him and the issue for him, is, as Scott pointed out, really was playing time. Now that that apparently won't be an issue for Mike Carp, um, I'm not so sure about standard mixed leagues, but I think just about anything deeper than that, uh, you have to start him. And how about, let's see who's next on the list, Adam Lind. Adam Lind hit a grand slam on Friday, but he has been really cold other than that. Counting that Grand Slam, 157 in his last 20 games. And then he went 0 for 5 on Sunday, so it's not like you can even point to that and say, okay, a hot streak's coming for him. Uh, he's been too cold recently, and his matchups, while not particularly bad, aren't so great either. So I'd sit Lind. I don't know if I said he hit the Grand Slam on Friday or Saturday, but it was Saturday, and then he okay. did not follow it up on no, Sunday. Freddie Freeman, starter sit. So this was in your hitting planner, and right. people were like, why would I not start Freddie Freeman? I guess, okay, with the 20 game, I think it was 20 games, something around there, the hitting streak, he, he came off of that recently, and uh, has had a few offers since then, I think three offers in his last five games, and his batting average, getting up to 300 now, I just, I get the feeling he's due for a little bit of a course correction here, and then... You combine that hunch with the the front of the Braves schedule this ne next week. Madison Bumgarner, Jonathan Sanchez, who struggled but still a tough lefty, 
uh, Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum, Daniel Hudson. Those are the first five pitchers Freddie Freeman is facing. So I think if at that deep position where there, there's usually a lot of options, uh, you could definitely make a case to sit Freeman. We're going to move on now to second base. Jamile Weeks. So, Al, with the A's having good matchups this week, Scott's already alluded to it. Are you starting Jamile Weeks? I probably would have anyway, so definitely. Yeah, another thing to point out, the splits with Weeks, another home away thing with him, 339 at home, 246 away. Okay. They're back home. Jason Kipnis is banged up, start or sit? I, I'm probably going to start him. <laughs> and uh, I probably would sit him. Is it more because of the injury, or yeah. just yeah, more? And it's not a serious injury, just some soreness in his side, but the kind of thing that might eat a game or two out of his schedule. And I think he can't right. really afford that. That's right. my logic. Uh, yeah, I guess I can live with a game or two as hot as he's been. Um, but the key is, it doesn't look like it's going to be more than that. It's it's a it's a sore side, which is always a concern with all the oblique injuries popping up. But but both he and the Indians really seem to think it's not a big deal. Week safer than Kipnis this week. Yeah, if that was my choice, I'd go with Weeks. How about Kipnis or Danny Espinosa? I would definitely go Kipnis there. Espinosa, another guy who's been awful since the All-Star break. Uh, the Nationals were in the worst matchups that we listed there, uh, going against the Reds and the Phillies in six games. And not only that, but uh, it's a bunch of right-handers they're facing. And... Uh, Espinosa hits 207 against righties. <laughs> Espinosa or Kelly Johnson in a futility <laughs> contest. In a, bat a battle of futility there, I would take Espinosa. You would take him to win the futility contest or you would take him over Kelly Johnson <laughs> I would, in fantasy? I would take him over Kelly Johnson because okay. Kelly Johnson <laughs> is... He's Mr. Futility. Yeah, he, right. he wins he's, the futility he, contest. He, when he's going poorly, he's predictable. So You can start him at second base, utility, or futility in your <laughs> fantasy league. Third base, Edwin Encarnacion. I believe he had a walk-off hit today. Can anybody confirm that? I cannot. I, I cannot think he did. either. So uh, knee-deep in the planner. Yeah, Edwin. Sundays are tough. Edwin Encarnacion, start or sit? I say start him. If you're ever going to start him, now's the time. 12-game hitting streak. He going into Sunday, four ten with three home runs during that stretch, seven game week. Got to go for it. Would you start him over Ryan Roberts? Yes, I would. Would you start yeah. him over Mark Reynolds? I think I would also. Al, I would not. I would start Encarnacion over Roberts, but uh, yeah, I would stop at Reynolds because you know Reynolds the, has been crummy. Yeah, he's, he's been crummy, been, and Encarnacion's been white hot, but uh, streaks do take turns and come to end, come to an end, and Reynolds is really the better hitter. How about Reynolds or Eduardo Nunez? Because A-Rod should be coming back maybe, what, Thursday? Yeah. Uh, Nunez is out in mixed leagues, and, and Thursday is the date for A-Rod. Um, yeah, if, if not sooner. They're saying Thursday now, but as we've seen with Shinsu Chu, you know, these timetables, they, they sometimes just throw them back in there. Shortstop, Darwin Barney. Starter sit. Sit him. Got to sit him. Uh, it's not even a matchups thing. He's hitting like 240 with eight runs scored since the All-Star break, and that's really all he does right, those two categories. So, <laughs> Eric Ibar is also cold. Starter sit. I would, I would probably lean towards starting him because there's not enough shortstops to go around. Right. And because it, it, it's been so cold for so long that you just think, uh, okay, he's overdue here to turn it around. I'd probably stick with him. Would you start for call over Barney Al? I would. I'm. Yeah, I probably would start him over Ibar too at this point, but okay. de definitely over Barney. 
All right, and in the outfield, you just talked about Shin Su Chu. So starter sit, Shin Su Chu. He's kind of in the Justin Morneau boat that I would have liked to see more. He wasn't as bad before the injury as Morneau was, so I I I, I think in most leagues, Chu, you'll probably want to get him active, but I'm not I, I'm not willing to take that extra step and say, okay, get him active all lineups. He's going to be awesome this week, but. Uh, certainly somebody who could make a big impact for your team down the stretch. Al, do you feel good about dropping a fairly productive outfielder for Shinsu Chu? Because I'm sure a lot of owners are kind of faced with the last week's Jonathan Sanchez dilemma where Chu's coming off their DL and now they got to make a decision. Do you feel confident in Chu the rest of the way? Not that confident. If it's somebody who's been productive and it's you know not something that's just completely out of character, uh, yeah, I, I would have a hard time making that move. All right, well, you can drop Logan Morrison for Shinsu Chu. I could do that. <laughs> I, I would stash Logan Morrison. He'll Over, you'd leave Shinsu Chu? Uh, oh, if, those, if that's if that, choice. If that was the choice. Lomo versus Chu. No, yeah. I would, you're right. Yeah, if I, if I, had to dra- to if I had to drop one, yes, I would drop Morrison. But as a general principle, I think he should be stashed. Scott, should we start Jason Kubel this week? Yes, we should. And I'm to the point now where I think – Unless the Twins just have terrible matchups, he he should be starting anyway. The knock on him has always been his performance against left-handers, but since coming back from the DL, that's not even an issue. His batting average against them for the year now is up to 290, and he's hitting for average, he's hitting for power. Uh, there's really nothing to dislike about Jason Kubel right now. So I want to look at a couple outfielders here because I've been playing outfielder roulette in one of my leagues, looking for the, my last piece for my one good team of my three leagues. And I had Soriano. I dropped him for Rios. And I dropped Rios for Mabin. And I finally feel good about it. So I was going to ask you about Rios and Mabin this week. I dropped Rios because he got yeah, cold. He did. Not surprisingly. Yeah. And I picked up Mabin, who just keeps scoring runs and stealing bases. Yeah. I, I mean, if if that was my choice, I'd, I'd definitely go with Mabin also. But I'm still not ready to buy in on Mabin as anything other than a source of steals. And I think this week, even though we listed the Padres as one of the five best matchups, they're going against the Mets and the Marlins in seven games. Uh, they are at home, uh, which is part of the reason why they were fifth among the best matchups. And and Mabin is one player in particular who struggles with that big ballpark, 318 on the road, 227 at home. See, I have to stop the show right now and write that down and put you, it up on my desk. You have to. <laughs> that, that might keep your search going. Yeah. Um, Chris Young, guys, starter sit. Well, at, where I was going with this at the top of the show, OPS under 600 on the road. Ooh. Yeah. And, and the Diamondbacks, as I mentioned a few times already. But their matchups this week, Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, Vance Worley, Brandon Beachy, Tim Hudson, and then Derek Lowe is the weak link, link in that sixth game. So bad week for the Diamondbacks, bad week for Chris Young in particular. It's just bad week for Chris Young owners. I feel badly for you. That's Oh, I feel bad for you. I keep saying that. You know, we had an emailer, a listener call me out on that, and I, I have Just not Just say you corrected. feel terrible. I feel but terrible. then maybe it's terribly. I don't no, know. No, it's obviously <laughs> terrible. Okay, injuries, news, and notes. Logan Morrison demoted. Al, what do you think about this? Well, I think it's outrageous. Yeah? <laughs> because it doesn't, even though the team claims it has to do with his low batting average, I don't think it has much to do with baseball, and it has a lot to do with um, the media and 
what Morrison's been saying to reporters and saying on Twitter. And he will be back. Um, it probably will be at least 10 days because of him being optioned and they can't bring him back sooner than that unless somebody goes on the DL. But I think within a couple of weeks, Morrison will be back and they'll have you know, slapped his wrist and, and this will all be in the past. Can, can so. we take a timeout with this? Because I am so upset with Marlins management right now. This okay. seems like I, – I, what was the word you used? Uh, I think outrageous. Yeah. This, this ridiculous word. Ridiculous was the <laughs> one I was – this is the most ridiculous move I could imagine. That they're, it's a punishment. They're sending him to the majors as a punishment. Minors. Yeah, <laughs> to the minors <laughs> as a punishment, even though – what it what was the what was the great offense? That's what I don't understand. And what what makes it even stickier it? Yeah. to me is that Lomo and Wes Helms they were the two who who have called Hanley Ramirez out at times this season. Wes Helms got released the same day Logan Morrison was demoted. So they they keep standing behind Hanley Ramirez even though he he has a horrible work ethic seems to be in premature decline here. And they're punishing all the other people who just want to be good team players. I it, it it upsets me, particularly since you know Lomo obviously has been a pretty good fantasy option this year. And look at the other guy who publicly criticized Hanley Ramirez. He's on the Braves now and just finished the thirty-three game hitting streak. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and the manager too, the manager of the Braves. That's right. They're. I I, I don't I don't get I I don't get why like like everybody everybody in the Marlins organization has to walk lockstep and and not be an individual not stand out in any way except Hanley Ramirez who can do whatever he wants even though nobody elsewhere in the baseball world seems to like him it's it's very strange to me (laughs) it is weird but I guess if you're hitting better then you can say what you want but Lomo hasn't been hitting well so maybe 26 RBI this past month. Yeah, really? he has, yeah. hasn't been that bad. Okay. The batting average is down, but everything else has been fine. That's pretty good for a month. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Houston Street's on the DL, and the closer options out there are not good. So should people pick up Raphael Betancourt? Uh, I'll give you some other options here. Betancourt, Melanson, Kevin Gregg, Chris Sale. Well, I tell you, if those are your options, pick up Betancourt. Uh, and I, I like Sale out of that group, but there's a bit of a timeshare situation in Chicago. So that makes him less than optimal. And Melanson is who he's been since he got the job, which is, meh, okay. No opportunities. Not many opportunities, not you know great performance. I mean, he, he gets the job done, but he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. He doesn't have superb control. So he's, he's just a mediocre option, and Greg is just awful. So Betancourt, at least, will give you a lot of strikeouts. <laughs> Those were the options in our 12-team podcast league. Shallow wow. league. So you can imagine what they're like in deeper leagues. Yeah. Andres Torres to the DL. Brandon Belt recalled two home runs on Sunday. He's owned in 24% of leagues. Brandon Belt or Mike Carp? you got to go with Carp for now because you, you know he's going to play. And, and that's still a question mark for Belt, but... Uh, Bruce Bochy said he was going to get him in the. He was going to get Belt in the lineup somewhere uh, in the Giants' next game. Um, probably the outfield is the implication I would see there. So hopefully this this gets him more comfortable starting him in the outfield because clearly they need offense and clearly he can be a contributor if he's playing. Two home runs on Sunday for Belt. I right. Said, so. I thought I said oh, I'm, that. oh well. I'm Come repeating on, it. Al. Come on, <laughs> two, Al. two home runs, two mentions. <laughs> it's because I snubbed you at the Marlins game Friday. Yeah. That must be it. Okay, uh, Brandon Belt or Garrett Jones, which is relevant because Derek Lee is on the DL. 
Uh, ooh, that is a tough one. Let me see how many lefties the Pirates are facing here. This Cue the Jeopardy music, please. Very good podcast listening. <laughs> I can't find them, which makes it even worse. Did you one know? lefty. One lefty on the schedule for the Pirates. But that's good for Garrett that Jones. That is good right? for Garrett Jones. I was going to fill some air there by saying, did you know that Brandon Belt hit two home runs? <laughs> <laughs> I heard that once or twice. Cole Hamels, does he have a dead arm? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what? Let's answer the question. So Belt or Jones? I'll say Jones. Okay. Cole Hamels, does he have a dead arm? He might. Um, you know, it's coming up because he had a, a mediocre start against the Nationals. By his standards, it was a bad start. But um, that's what at least some in the Phillies organization are saying. But, you know, even if, it's, if it is a dead arm, this is something that pitchers do typically work through. And not anything I think that fancy owners really need to be all that concerned about. Braves rotation. Tommy Hansen is on the DL. Jair Jurgens coming back. Feel good about Jurgens this week? I don't. And I've been the bigger Georgians supporter this year. So uh, coming back Wednesday, had struggled before then. And, and just the fact he's coming off the DL, um, not a big strikeout artist, not somebody who, who usually has huge games. And this time of year, I, I, that's too much of a risk, I think, in, in standard mixed leagues. I'd probably sit him. All right, let's see if we can get through the rest of this list pretty quickly here. Brian McCann is back. You can start him. Carlos Beltran, uh, I don't know. if Did he play on Sunday? No, he didn't. So now that's six straight games. Start or sit? Got to sit him. Okay, sit Beltran. Brennan Bosch, the Tigers are optimistic he'll be back Tuesday. Michael Kadir, start or sit? I think you can start him. Uh, very good chance that he'll he'll be back uh, and won't miss any more time. All right, as always, we remind you, fantasynews.cbssports.com. Go to the player updates. That's the best way to get the updated information. Alex Rodriguez will play about half a week. Brandon Phillips, start or sit? He came back Sunday, so oh. he's he's looking like a start. Kevin Euclid. Same thing. He came back Sunday. That's right. Freddie Garcia might not make his next start. The Yankees are optimistic. Um, we'll see about that. Side note there, if Garcia does not make his next start, that pretty much guarantees that Ivanova is a two-start option in Week 20. Okay. Can we drop Carlos Zambrano? I already did in the <laughs> okay. podcast league, and I had to stretch for J Jason Isringhausen was the Ooh. deep closer I was picking up. Well, if only you were the general manager of the Cubs, you could drop him there too. <laughs> yeah. uh, Xavier Nady broke his hand, so does that mean more time for Paul Goldschmidt? He started against a lefty, Chris Capuano, on Sunday. So I think it does. I think he's going to be the everyday first baseman. Okay. Jason Marquis probably out for the year with a broken fibula. And if you are a Zach Cozart owner in a keeper league, he had Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing arm. He should be good to go by spring training. we got to look at the pitchers now. Al writes the pitching planner on fantasynews.cbssports.com. Jaime Garcia is first up of the one-star pitchers. He really has not been great lately, and he's not pitching deep into games. He's at the Cubs this week. Start or sit? I think in most formats, including standard mixed leagues, you need to start Garcia. Um, but that said, for a while I was running him as a must-start guy, a guy with a must-start rating in the pitching planner, and he has been downgraded to standard mixed league start. So if you're in a shallower format, I think you can afford to sit Garcia. So if, in fact, Ivan Nova gets two starts, would you go with a two-start Nova or a one-start Jaime Garcia? I'd still go with the one-start Garcia. <laughs> you don't like Nova. <laughs> That's, no, I think I just maybe like Garcia better. Uh, than than you do anyhow because it's I like, I like Garcia fine yeah. but I'd go with two star Nova who likes Josh Tomlin he's at Detroit two good starts in a row but he's not striking anybody out he's owned in eighty five percent of leagues he started in fifty percent starter sit Tomlin 
I say sit him uh, this week uh, other in the, than in the deeper formats. Um, not a terrible matchup, but not a good enough matchup to start him with one start. Bartolo Colon has not gone past six innings in any of his last three starts. He's at the Royals and only started in 40% of leagues. I don't get that at all. I, you know, Help me out with that, that he started in only 40% of leagues. Because granted, he hasn't, you're right, hasn't gone deep lately, but still you know, gets wins, uh, gets strikeouts. I'm he hasn't sure. been getting wins lately, Well, not when he's not going deep. I mean, this is the concern with Cologne for me when the Yankees have an overloaded rotation. I know he hasn't been rumored to be leaving it, but I don't, I don't trust him enough to start him um, in my mixed league that I own him in, and uh, I, I think there's concern for him the rest of the season. Okay. Fausto Carmona is at the White Sox. He's only owned in 28% of leagues. He's only started in 8% of leagues, and he had another solid outing on Thursday. Al, you've been somewhat high on Carmona yeah, well, I, since he came off the DL. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't even say high. I'd say intrigued. Okay. And, um, you know, with a, a good start again on Thursday, I think uh, a few more deep league owners need to be starting him, but I wouldn't say I'm high on him because I'm not going to recommend that anybody in mixed leagues really makes a change with him. Carl Pavano or Fausto Carmona? So I'm sorry, who, who, Pavano Car- or Pavano. Pavano? That was Pavano Carmona. Uh, Pavano. Okay. Uh, Javier Vasquez struck out 10 Giants on Saturday in seven innings. He's at the Padres. Start or sit? It's still hard for me to say to start him in a one-start week, even with that matchup. But Going back to that magical date, May twenty first, sixteen starts. Let's let's. Was that your birthday or let's, something? No, that that was the magical day when Javier Vasquez got the velocity back on his fastball oh. and his season has turned around. <laughs> sixteen starts, three forty nine ERA, one seventeen WHIP, seven point nine strikeouts per nine innings. Wow. I, I mean, you look at the start by start breakdown; it doesn't look that good, but he's delivering, and and I think he's he's a he's a decent start, really any week. Not a great start, but a decent one. Would you go Vasquez over Cologne? I would, yeah. I, I would not, but it's close, and I do think you can start either guy uh, with one start in Week 20 in a standard mixed league. Philip Hughes is next. Six innings, two earned runs against the Rays Saturday. He's at the Twins this week. He's only started in 20% of leagues right now. Well, we hope he's, he's at the Twins this week. Uh, the Yankees' rotation is still a, oh, a bit unsettled. True. So Hughes, I mean, both – well. Burnett is less risky because we know Burnett is going to start on Monday. But Hughes, it's really a question. Uh, probably Hughes will start oh, this he, week. He'll start this week. But um, it's, I wouldn't, it's not guaranteed. Okay. Yeah. All right. How about Nate Evaldi? One six four ERA and a 1.09 whip and two starts. He's at Milwaukee. This is obviously for deeper leagues. Yeah, and for deeper leagues, that's fine, but don't believe those stats. I mean, yeah, they're his actual stats, <laughs> but uh, they won't stay I believe that. them. I mean, <laughs> they're on the, his player page. Uh, okay, they won't stay You that can't way. believe everything you read on the player page. <laughs> All right, two-star pitchers now. Ubaldo Jimenez at the White Sox and at the Tigers. Any reservations about starting Jimenez? Nope. I saw what I needed to see. Eight innings, zero earned runs, one walk in his last start. I'm on board. How about Gio Gonzalez? Gonzalez is home against Baltimore and Toronto. Yes, um, it's more has to do with his longer track record and the fact that there's not a lot of really uh, high-end two-start guys going this week. So that's enough to make uh, Gio somebody that you can start. Anibal Sanchez at Colorado at San Diego. 93% ownership, 60% starting. 
<laughs> Weird pitcher lately. Yeah. A 7.02 ERA in his last eight starts. And this is a weird week because you got at Colorado, which is the worst possible matchup probably, and then at San Diego, which is the best one. I, I think in most cases you got to sit him. He's just been awful recently. I think worst possible matchup would be facing Boston in Colorado. That would be the worst possible <laughs> matchup. But is it really possible? I guess is uh, the that's, that's a good point. Well, if, if U2 comes to their stadium and tears up oh, the yeah. turf, you know, maybe. Maybe that would happen. Yeah. Corey Lubke, is he under-owned? Under well, under-owned, maybe not, but maybe under-started, under-activated. 68% ownership, 48% starting him. Home against the Mets and Marlins. Good matchups for Lubke. Yeah, and I think with 48% activation, that's, that's a little low. I also expect that in the next 24 hours. That'll probably change as people scramble for two start guys and set their lineups. So um, Lubke is somebody that uh, should be starting this week. So we like Lubke's matchups. Aaron Harang is the same matchup. Starter sit. I don't like Aaron Harang as much as I like Corey Lubke, so I'm going to say sit. Yeah, and they're owned in the same amount of leagues. Harang's actually been – he came, came back off the DL, and he had those two great starts, and there was a bit of a buzz about him. And since then, he's actually been really awful. Francisco Liriano at Detroit. Yankees at home. Maybe the first time that I've rated him this way all year, but he's a sit. This all week. right. Rick Porcello, Minnesota at home, Cleveland at home. He's a start. Um, not really? Not your first choice. But, again, with limited, reliable two-start options, Porcello's been good enough lately that, uh, you know, if you're scrambling to get a, a final two-start guy, probably better than your one-start options that you have on waivers. Does that mean you'd start Porcello over Liriano? I guess it does. It does. It, it means exactly that. Yeah, I trust him more for now. Do you trust Jonathan Sanchez at Atlanta and at Houston? Owned in 77% of leagues, started in just 26%. Those numbers are right. Sanchez needs to be stashed, but he should not be started right now until he puts uh, puts some innings in and improves his performance. Which of these guys owned in right around 35% of leagues do you like best? James McDonald, two home starts, and he's good at home. Jake Westbrook, Josh Colmenter. McDonald, Westbrook, Colmenter. Anybody? Uh, yeah, I like Colmenter out of those three. He's the one guy out of the at three. At the Phillies even, and at the Braves? Even with at the Phillies, look, he's not – Again, uh, there's not a lot of really good two-start options here. Um, he's a decent enough one. I know that Phillies one could be scary. But Colmenter's done well against some tough opponents this year. Yeah, it's I, like I it's, feel like with Colmenter, the matchups don't matter. The location doesn't matter. It just matters whether he's on or not. And if he's on, yeah. it's great. If it's not, it's kind of a Tim Wakefield thing. Um, the pattern, obviously, right. not the same pitcher. But. <laughs> not, not the... Yeah, right. So I like him the best. McDonald, I agree, is good at home, but, um, you know, just not very trustworthy, and he never seems to go deep into a game. So especially in head-to-head, -head, a two-start week just doesn't help you that much. Then it's time to quick pitch. One player in the AL, one player in the NL to keep an eye on. Al's AL player is Josh Willingham, owned in 50% of leagues. The hammer. And this is sort of building on a theme we've already started. Oakland A's, who seem to like hitting at uh, – what do they call it? O.co Coliseum? Is that what it days? is? I think it was last week anyway. I don't know what it is <laughs> now. But, uh, but now, Willingham, over the last 28 days, has uh, scored the 10th most fantasy points out of all outfielders. So he's clearly he's on a hot streak. Nine home runs in his last 28 games. Uh, so it, it's interesting. And again, hitting not only just producing more at Oakland, but hitting for more power at Oakland, which is a little hard to figure out, but we can run with that. And, and that was my biggest concern with Willingham, aside from injury risk this year, 
was was he going to be able to translate his offensive game to playing half of his games in Oakland? And uh, it, at first it didn't look like it, but he's he's come around, and I do think he's uh, he's under own. So uh, Willingham is somebody with those good matchups, as Scott pointed out, uh, needs to be picked up this week. I, I think they need to check center field in Oakland Coliseum <laughs> for a man in a white shirt. Actually, he, wears, he wears green. He wears green there. Does he? That would be hard to see. Well, it depends what color the seats are. Hmm. Aren't they supposed uh, to not have people I, sitting in center right, field? I don't even think they do, which is part of the reason that that, <laughs> uh, that story is hard to believe. I think uh, Dodger Stadium, the man in white was they the do. center fielder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just, I don't know. Scott, it's crazy. why don't you tell me a little something about Brandon Allen? Yeah, let's talk about Brandon Allen because he got called up on Sunday, got the start at first base. God, this is uh, an A's heavy show. It is an A's heavy show. It's a good week for the A's. And the the thing I like about him coming up, Bob Melvin, the exact quote on him is, he's a talented guy with power, which the Diamondbacks didn't seem to realize about Allen, which is why he's on the A's now. Uh, that said... For some reason, Melvin also thinks Connor Jackson is deserving of being their starting first baseman still and that Brandon Allen is going to figure more prominently in the outfield mix. So I, I don't want to get too excited about him. But at the same time, this is a guy who the it seems like the Athletics would appreciate uh, as much as any other organization. 991 OPS in the minors, uh, on-base percentage over 400. And those have pretty much been his numbers throughout his minor league career. Um, patience and power guy uh i think even though he may not have a secure starting spot anywhere he's going to play semi-regularly regularly enough that you could use him in al only leagues and then obviously if he does well he could take off from there and become even more so uh in those deeper leagues somebody to definitely go ahead and pick up i feel like we're obligated to talk about the movie moneyball now all this a's chatter looks great yeah well Wait till next month when it comes out. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Al's NL player is R.A. Dickey, not, a, not an not a, a. Not an A. We've no. moved to an entirely different league now. <laughs> but like Josh Willingham and, and maybe like Brandon Allen, Dickey needs to be in more leagues. Um, he, now, there's a clear problem here, which is he's 5-11. and 11. Um, He hasn't gotten – it's not that he's among the, the lowest levels of run support in the major leagues, but it's a, it's a below average level, and particularly lately, Dickey has not been getting very much help from the, the Mets lineup. But the Mets have actually been hitting better the last month or so than they were earlier in the year, so there's reason to think that he will get more run support, uh, that it will turn around. He's only owned in about one out of every third leagues, and um, – He's got two starts coming up this week. So this is a, a, a if you've been thinking about picking up Dickey, this is a really great time to do it. And just one more thing. If you look at strikeout rate, walk rate, and ground ball rate, almost identical to Johnny Cueto. Now, it doesn't mean he's as good as Johnny Cueto. It doesn't mean his performance will be, and it doesn't mean he'll get as much run support. But the difference isn't as great as the ownership levels would suggest that they are. Nobody's as good as Johnny Cueto. The only thing that stops Johnny Cueto these days are those bad chicken wings that he had two starts Bad ago. wings. Yeah, that's what that's what <laughs> happened. Not making that up. Jose Tabata coming off the DL. That's Scott's NL player. Only owning half our leagues. Right. We haven't seen Jose Tabata since June 26. He's been out that long with a strained quadriceps. Had a couple setbacks along the way. Uh, but just kind of rehashing that se- his season. Got off to that great start. Looked like he was hitting, he was trying too hard to hit home runs, so fell off 
quickly, slumped for a while. But over his final 18 games before the injury, was hitting 333. A lot of singles really was kind of uh, rebuilding his swing from the ground up. And then during his minor league rehab assignment at AAA in Indianapolis, hit 379 in 29 at-bats, six doubles, no homers, which I actually see as a good sign because he has the extra base power back but isn't uh, so concerned with hitting home runs. So uh, he's coming back this week. Uh, I think if, if the numbers are any indication, he could make a splash right away, and he, he really needs to because with Alex Presley uh, soon to follow, he's coming back from a thumb contusion. Uh, this is Tabata's big chance to to secure his job for the rest of the year. Uh, we talked before about with Ludwig there and, and Derek Lee. Even with Derek Lee on the DL, they still have one body too many once Presley and Tabata come back. So uh, we need to see a good week from Tabata, and I think we will. Our email address is dmfantasybaseball at cps.com. Follow us on Twitter at cbsfantasybb. Adam in Columbia, South Carolina says, Dear Little Lebowski Fantasy Achievers, which of these starting pitchers are worth a flyer down the stretch? Please rank in order. Peavy, Harden, Strasburg, Homer Bailey, Hughes, McCarthy, Bedard, Anibal Sanchez. Peavy, Harden, Strasburg, Bailey, Hughes, McCarthy, Bedard, Sanchez. A bunch of very different pitchers. Why don't you just give a top four? I, I, I got to put Sanchez at the top still because as much as he struggled, I, I still think he's must-own. Uh, Bedard... I would put second. A lot of that has to do with the supporting cast. Uh, then I'll go Harden third because I like the way he's pitched. And, oh, boy, the fourth one is tough. I guess I'm going to say Phil Hughes for now, but it depends completely on whether or not he keeps his job. Obviously, yeah. Al? Uh, I agree with Sanchez and Bedard at the top. Uh, although, again, it may be a week or two before we really see better production from Bedard. I would toss Brandon McCarthy in there, uh, maybe as, as the fourth guy. Uh, and Hughes, if, as long as he keeps his, uh, his rotation spot, I think he's fine there. Um, I would not include Harden, though. Fair enough. Matt and Cooperstown, dear Melchior and the Fantasy Funk All-Stars. Not bad, Al. I like it. So you're, you and your band here. <laughs> I play in a 5x5 five five Roto Keeper League. I have a trade that was proposed to me. I would be giving up Pedro Alvarez. Again, this is a Keeper League. Pedro Alvarez, $1 for a $2 Daniel Bard. I'm out of it this year, and I am deep at third base. I have Longoria, Alvarez, and Lonnie Chisholm Hall stashed away. My bullpen for next year is Kimbrel and Storin. If Bard takes over the closer role, it is a no-brainer to make this deal right. His value closing for Boston outweighs Alvarez with the Buckos. So would you give up Alvarez for Bard in the Keeper League? No. I feel like he's selling short here. I understand he's got depth at third base, but I just I think Alvarez could get you more than Bard, and it's, it's very speculative. And my God, Jonathan Papelbon has been awesome lately. And uh, plus, I, the Red Sox, even if Papelbon... <laughs> You know, the, you, you can never count on these speculative plays for the Red Sox because they can just go out and do whatever they want. True, <laughs> true. Gary from Jersey. A-Rod is coming off the DL in my AL-only non-keeper league. Which utility player would you keep as I need to drop one? So keep Tomei or Laporta? Uh, boy, I guess I'd keep Tomei. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's harder than, than I would have thought, you know. I would actually, I would keep Laporta. I'm not sure I even have a good reason to do it, except that I just perceive that Tommy's yeah, uh, the non-keeper is the key for me. But yeah, yeah, it just 
It depends on how much you think Tomei's going to do down the stretch. Yeah, and I guess I don't think much. Dear Fantasy Wingmen, this comes from Nick. Fifth place in my 12-team head-to-head league and only the top four make the playoffs. I'm in need of a fill-in shortstop for next week as Hanley Ramirez heals. Which of these guys should I target? Betancourt for call, Lowry, Desmond, Barney. Betancourt for call, Lowry, Desmond, Barney. Uh, For call. I don't think we're going to stray from this. Oh, he's got Desmond I, I, line, Yeah, for what's calls. What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, and I haven't, I'm not sure what he's done the last few days, but uh, you know, as recently as a few days ago, Desmond was hitting pretty well. So I'd probably take another look at the numbers and choose between for call and, and Desmond. Which starting pitcher should I drop to get him? Danks, Colby Lewis, Pineda. Or should I just stand pat without a shortstop for a few more days? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> these are tough questions today. I don't want to drop any of those pitchers, but I don't want to stand pat without a shortstop either when you're fighting for your life. <laughs> I, I guess I'd have to drop Pineda to pick up for call or, or Desmond, depending on which way you want to go there. Two more. This one comes from The Dugout. Dear Fantasy Three Stooges, who to start and who to sit? Back end of the rotation, pick two. Morrow, Irvin Santana, or a two-start harangue, and Bedard. Oh, this one's easier. Those first two? Those first two, yeah. yeah. Morrow yeah. and, and Santana. Oh, gosh, Irvin Santana's got to be there. And pick one in utility. Morneau, Goldschmidt, Pierzynski, Kelly Johnson. I, I know I said to sit Morneau, but... Compared to these other <laughs> options, I, I think uh, Morneau's definitely the way to go. Mike from Connecticut says, Hey, guys, I listen all the time. Your podcast helps pass the day walking my mail route. Please rate my trade. I am in an 18-team mixed 5x5 five five league. I'm struggling mightily in the bottom of my league as I have lost several of my studs. Buster Posey, Ike Davis, Stephen Drew, and Jonathan Broxton, uh, etc. Even my number one pick, Albert Pujols, has only recently heated up. So... You guessed it. I traded Pujols, Worth, and Jamal Weeks to the second-place team for Dustin Pedroia, Curtis Granderson, and Andrew Bailey. I needed saves. Uh, how do you think he did? Because he also has Kipnis and Altuve, and he traded away Weeks. So he gave up Weeks, Pujols, and Jason Worth for Dustin Pedroia, Curtis Granderson, and Andrew Bailey. All right. Uh, well, he upgraded at second. Uh, big Big upgrade in the outfield. Yeah, from Worth to Grant. Worth Granderson is the number one scoring. I think offensive player. It's the runs league. with Granderson. I think you have to look at the, it the, the, RBI. the trade for Granderson and Pujols, even though it's different positions, because that's you're talking about. You know, really, you're giving up your one big power bat to get another, even though yeah. it's a different this position. Is, so yeah. then you've got a, a something that's at least easier for me to compare, which is Bailey versus Worth. And regardless of need. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like he he got he won this trade. I agree. Well done. Yeah. Okay, you guys can read the last part because I'm not going to. P.S. Uh, go Sox. Yeah. Okay. Can't read that. Yeah, I had no problem reading. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for the Which email, Mike Sox. in Connecticut. Well, he's from Connecticut, so. Well, I don't know. Got to be the red ones. Maybe. Can't even say their full name. So here we go. <laughs> We're done for today. Thank you, everybody. Good luck in week 20. Again, we want your emails, your tweets, and your Facebook comments, and we'll be back on Tuesday to recap Monday's action for you. See you later.